You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. These guys know what's going on. They know it's they they know what has to happen in the mining sector, and they know that the best projects are are are, are going to get funded. They're going to happen, and they're going to be mines. And they see the valuations, and they're getting ridiculous. So they're they're. Their trigger fingers are getting itchy. They're just waiting for that for that catalyst. It's Mining Stock Education. I'm Bill Powers. Thanks for tuning in. And we are getting our monthly update from Dr. David Erfley over at JuniorMinerJunkieWithTheY.com. David, you're back from Beaver Creek, Colorado, where uh, one of the best conferences in the junior mining sector is held every year. It's your personal favorite conference. You've said that multiple times. I've seen you there many years. Uh, I wasn't there this year, but... Please give my audience an update. What was the conference like in in comparison to other years, and what was the general vibe? Yeah, sure, Bill. You know, you were missed. Um, you know, there was there was uh, a good vibe amongst the the companies that um, had plenty of cash. You know, were were cashed up into twenty twenty five or even you know later to twenty twenty four. Had great projects that they knew were were financeable. Um, earlier stage companies, you know, they, you know, the, the mood wasn't so good. Um, you'd ask them certain questions like, what are you going to do if the market doesn't turn around here soon? The market knows you need money. The great projects, you know, the best projects that are out there are always going to get financed. They're always going to find a way to get financed. And in a market like this though, people are worried about more dilution because of, uh, of the market caps of a lot of these companies. But, um, you know, I went expecting it to be more dour. You know, I mean, I think that the big thing is, is frustration, you know, because you see the gold price and, you know, you bring up a 20 year chart of the gold price and it's like, wow, that looks really good. Look, it's about to break out. You know, um, it's got this beautiful cup and handle, you know, all the, all the, there's, there's, you know, that the macro is lighting up, you know, um, gold's been building a base here at $1,900 for the past six months. But then again, you look at the juniors and most of the stocks, you got to turn them upside down for them to look like the gold price. <laughs> so, um, you know, and we know what the reasons for that is. We've gone over it before, you know, the, the gold price going sideways while, you know, it, it, the, the inflation has gone up, the inflation to, to explore for it, to produce it, to build the mine, everything's going up while the gold price goes sideways and that everything going up has included the stock market. So there's been no real reason to get into juniors. Of course, here it lies the opportunity, but there's, you know, only, you know, you could accumulate our weakness so much to where, you know, um, the Rick Ruleism, um, you're either, you're either a contrarian or a victim. And a lot of these contrarians feel like contrarians and victims right now, because, you know, you're, you continue to accumulate on, you know, these ridiculous, uh, valuations and, you know, in relation to the gold price on, uh, on these juniors, yet, um, stocks continue to go lower and, Unless you're on margin, you're really not too worried about it uh, because you know how the sector works. If you know if you're a seasoned professional in this in this sector, and let me tell you, Bill, there's there's not a lot of generalist speculators or uh, in this generalist investors in this sector. They're just they haven't been they haven't been around for ten years. So it's we're, we continue to trade amongst ourselves, and we have to be aware of the sharks out there of Bay Street and Wall Street who continue to play games with the stocks centered around financings. But I know your, your, your question was the mood of, of the conference. Well, the mood of the conference was better than I expected, but 
I think that a lot of a lot of people uh, understand that uh, it's going to take time for a lot of this to turn around, but they do see uh, a light at the end of the tunnel now, and it's not it's no longer an oncoming train as far as like I said, the good projects are concerned. But the lifestyle companies they got to be concerned, which is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. And so, do you think there will be a remedy for those lifestyle companies? Could there be M and A amidst the lifestyle companies? Yes, it needs to happen. I felt a lot of, uh, I talked to a lot of people, a lot of uh, smaller companies, um, and they're thinking about, you know, trying to monetize some of their other assets to raise capital, doing other things besides dilution because they can't dilute down here. They, you know, even if they want to raise more than G&A money, they're going to have to blow up their share structure to do it. And they don't want to do that. Um, and also piss off the investors that they have. <laughs> so, they know that they're going to have they're they're going to have to merge with equals, you know, maybe in their in the area they're working or have other synergies with other smaller smaller juniors. Um, that needs to happen because you know in in the past we've had in past bear markets we've 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 had um, us saying the same thing that there needs to be more M and A in the sector, and all of a sudden. The share price pops, capital markets open, and all the crappy companies get financed again and they don't go away. So, you know, that's the one thing I do love about a bear market. You know, there's a lot of things to like about a bear market. You know, you accumulate shares at, at, at rock bottom prices while people, while investors are throwing them away. That's, you know, that's what I've been doing. But the best thing I like about a bear market is it's really easy to associate the good companies from the companies that aren't going to make it especially when you go to conferences like this and you take these meetings and you ask, you ask all the tough questions and they have the right answers. They don't go, um, uh, well, if this happens, then we'll do this. Or if that happens, then we'll do this. Right. They're not even concerned about the market. They know they don't need to be concerned about the market. They have a great project. They have access to capital. They have enough money in the bank, what have you. They've, they know they tick all the boxes. And you get into these meetings with them and you just know which horses are going to be the winners. You know, um, that's the great thing about a bear market, but in a bull market, it's a lot more difficult, especially if you're a, you know, you're not a very seasoned investor in this sector. It's more difficult to, to, uh, to, to separate the good companies from the bad companies because everybody's getting financed. Right. And even mediocre results are getting re uh, rewarded right now. It's the opposite. You, Great results are not getting rewarded. Let's say you're a you're an exploration company and you've got less than ten million dollars in the bank, and you haven't even reached the, the the PEA stage, let alone the feasibility stage, and you put out barn burner results. It's they're going to get sold because the savvy investors that are left in this sector, you know, there's no generalist investors in the sector. They know that hey, great project, great results. I'm going to sell your stock and um, wait for the next finance to probably get a full war, at least a half war, because you, you need money. And everybody knows you need money. And you can tell, look at the stock charts of, of the companies that are putting out great results and look at their stock charts and look what happens when they put out a press release. It's used as a liquidity event to sell the stock. Therefore, in a bear market, even good companies can disappoint you more often than not. Would that be an accurate statement in your Absolutely. experience? Yes. Yes. Especially, you know, if... If you got less than 10 million bucks in the bank and you already have a bloated share structure, that makes it even worse.
Mm-hmm. So Dave, were there any rumors you got hold of? Because I remember when I would go to Beaver Creek, haven't been there in a couple of years, you would always have somebody cancel appointments the day of, and then the rumor is, oh, they're about to be acquired, so they can't talk to anybody. Are there any legal rumors you can share with uh, the audience? Well, the one rumor that I did here, I can't really share with you because it's about a company that I own that might be either taken over or get a strategic deal from a nearby major. So I don't really want to say, but there has there wasn't really any any rumors per se about you know major takeovers or anything like that. You know the Denver Gold Forum is going on right now, and something may come out of that. I mean, it, we got, we had more news that um, the uh, the Newcrest uh, Newmont deal is down is come down to a shareholder vote now. So you know we know that's going to happen finally. That's gonna that's going to be in the books, um, but. You know, as far as M&A is concerned, you know, most of the companies that I own, I don't want to see them taken over right now. They'd be take-unders. Right. So are the big, are the big boys, were they looking, hunting for take-unders at Beaver Creek? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the good companies, they're on top of that. They know, you know, um, they have a a good hold on who owns the stock and they know they could, they could stop a take-under. That was the tough question that I had to ask a few of the companies that I, that I saw as take under candidates, like, right? you know, let's say that, you know, myself and my subscribers are down 35, 40% of your stock. We got into your stock, you know, um, basically hoping for at least a three times gain. The last junior to be taken out by a, by a mid tier was B2 taken out Sabina. And that was a take under, you know, not very many people made money on that, on that deal. I mean, the people that, the people who paid money are the ones that got lucky enough to buy it near the lows after it got down so much. Um, and then if they held after the deal was finalized, B2 had a big hit because of uh, what happened, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the news that came out of Mali about uh, more uh, taking more money in, in taxes, I think it was, in Mali. But he, even though it didn't affect any of B2's projects, and that's the thing, it's happening right now. You hear, you hear something like a Niger coup happening in West Africa, even though it doesn't affect a certain company at all, the company has a project bordering Niger, it's going to get sold. Or if it's even close to Niger, it's going to get sold. Investors don't, you know, they're just looking for an out on a lot of these things to sell things for tax loss. So that's what you have to be careful about. And like I said, it's in a, in a, in a bear market, it's easier to tell the best companies to, to be buying news like that. You know, Did you sell company, anything? As a result of your meetings? No. No. There was there was two companies that I'm not real I'm not real happy about what I heard, but it doesn't make any sense to sell them because uh, they have they've proved up a lot of gold in the ground and the market's giving them less than like five dollars an ounce for it. And they're in and the gold in the grounds in great jurisdictions are different there are different de risking stages, but um I have faith in in the management teams and i have faith in um the governments that where the where the projects are located that eventually they'll get a permit because that's that's a that's another big thing right now you know your your mine is not a mine or your mine is not a potential mine until the market sees that you can get a permit you you could have the best project in the world in a great jurisdiction and yet the market might see hey they're going to have a problem getting this permit this might, you know, it, it might take a lot longer than they expect, or they might not even get it at all because of what's going on. And 
in these jurisdictions. You know, like there's a there's a problem in every single jurisdiction right now. There's something you have to worry about. So would you say investors are not as hot even on Canada right now? I know the U.S. is becoming more challenging. Is the same sentiment being felt towards Canada? It depends on what which province you're in and what area of the province you're in. A big thing is local support. You know, if, if you got really good local support, then it's it, it, it's going to get permitted most likely. You know, in, in these top tier jurisdictions, a, a good thing to look at is like the Mexico situation, right? Um, there hasn't been a mining permit issued there, I think, in about a year, and everybody's worried about AMLO saying that, uh, intimating that they don't want open pit mines, yada yada yada. And he's the good thing about Mexico is. There's only one term presidents and he's going to be out in September. The election's in June, but his party is favored to win, but, th- but the opposing party is gaining and the opposing party is a lot more mining friendly. And even the people below AMLO are more mining friendly. Um, so all it's going to take in Mexico, I think is just for one per one mining permit to get issued. And all the other companies that have these permitting issue problems over the, over their heads and over their stock prices, keep you pressured. That'll that'll alleviate a lot of pressure. If you're going to see strong moves in a lot of these stocks, because there's a lot of great projects in in Florida, well, say a lot, but there's several great projects in Mexico that are close to getting mining permits or that need mining permits. That have fantastic projects, be great for the communities. And they, there's one company that I that I spoke with. You know, they, they've got the government, uh, they've got the uh, the mayor, and uh, all the the uh, the hitos, you know, everybody's on board the project. They just need the government. So they, everybody lobbying for them, you know, especially the the communities, they're lobbying for this permit to, to eventually get issued. So thousand, jo- you know, a thousand jobs. I mean, so much, you know, uh, coming into the community because of it, and the area needs the, these mines, you know, economically. So it's going to happen in certain. Certain projects, like I said, the the really good ones. But does the company have enough cash to wait it out? You know, can they do? They have the access to cash to wait it out. Worrying about too much dilution as you're waiting, right? That's why where it comes down to, hey, that's why you got to look at these companies. Make sure that they have plenty of cash going well into 2024 and even into 2025 to wait it out. Because now, you know, they're getting they're getting interest on that cash now. You um, had said that, like, let's just say over a year ago, you said that to listeners, you said, make sure they have at least two years of runway. If you're still holding that same stock, the share price is down. Now they got one year of runway. <laughs> how, how, how do you play that? <laughs> well, companies, a, a lot of the companies that I'm invested in, they went ahead and and pulled the trigger. The, the, the capital was offered earlier this year. And um, a lot of shareholders were happy about it. But it turned out to be a really smart thing to do. They diluted at higher prices, and the share prices have continued to go lower. So, you know, if if you went ahead and, and pulled the trigger and took the money that was offered, because management teams, the savvy management teams know you take the money when it's offered. D- doesn't matter what the market looks like. Doesn't matter how much dilution you're going to have to take. You know, as long as it's reasonable, um, you take the money because you don't know when the market's going to turn around. And they were smart to do it. Even though you know I, I had my sh- my um, subscribers, you know, sending sending me um, emails, aren't you worried about this dilution? I said, on the one hand, I'm not happy about it, but on the other hand, I totally um, respect it and I'm all for it because 
we don't know what the market's going to look like uh, a year down the road. It might not turn around. It might not have turned around by that. So whatever the money is offered, you got to take it. So I agree with them taking it. I'm not happy with the terms, but they took it. And the the fight, some of the, most of the financiers that I'm talking about, they didn't have to offer a warrant to get it. That shows how attractive the project is. If you could raise money in this environment without a warrant, that's that goes a long way to saying how attractive your project is. Mm-hmm. Dave, final question: Is the word still uh, "be right and sit tight" to investors? <laughs> Absolutely. As, you know, as long as you're not on margin, you know, it's the object is not to accumulate low to sell lower. Um, you know, I've got four or five companies that are 40, 50% down right now. Uh, I'm not worried about it because I have great relationships with the management teams and I have faith in them and their management teams that have made me money in the past. And um, they're, they, they raise money at the right time. Um, they're participating in financings. Am I happy about what's happening as far as maybe they had to take uh, dilution a lot lower than they should have. They're doing the best they can and um, they're shareholders too. So they watch out for that. So uh, it's just patience. You have to continue to have more patience and the longer it takes, the higher it's going to go as far as I'm concerned uh, because um, there's not a lot of, there, there's just, there's, there's not a, there's no generalist investors in this sector at all. We're still trading amongst ourselves, resource uh, investors. And I don't, that's not going to change until the gold price breaks out and the stock market starts to, starts to break down and there's some fear in the market. And I think that's going to happen. That's going to start to happen now as you know, we had a federal reserve meeting today and, um, they didn't raise rates. I don't think they're going to raise rates again. You know, they talk tough, like they're like, they're going to, but, but, but the big thing is it's obvious to me that they're, Two percent inflation target is ridiculous, just just as ridiculous as their inflation is transitory for a year. You know, first they're trying to tell us for a year that inflation is transitory, and now once it's got completely out of control, they say they can bring it back down to two percent. I just I don't see it happening. So um, once the market realizes that, that's when gold takes off, and that's when we have generalists come into gold stocks first, and then into the juniors because. If you take if you take the market cap of all of all the mining sector and you put it into one company now, since what's happened recently, it's now down to less than the market cap of Home Depot, which is about three hundred eighty billion. That's that's really tiny. So when the algorithms flip in this sector, that's that's why you see these large moves in these companies that happen so fast in the best companies. Because the investors know it's time to get in. I know which companies I, I have to get in. While I was at the conference on Thursday, last Thursday, a handful of silver stocks popped. Yeah, I know it wasn't a rebalance because we talked about the rebalance. It happens every June, every mid-June, and every mid-December now. And I know Joe Foster, the former, um, the former um, portfolio manager of Van Eck, was there. You know, he's the strategic uh, advisor now. He's not. He's, he's he's getting up there, so he's he's not the portfolio manager anymore. But he was asking a lot of tough questions in the audience to a lot of these presentations, and um, I think he probably just called up and said, "Hey, we need to get into this silver company, this silver company, and this silver company." Because there was he was four or five silver companies that popped last Thursday 
on decent volume. So, you know, um, these guys know what's going on. They know it's they they know what has to happen in the mining sector, and they know that the best projects are 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 going to get funded. They're going to happen, and they're going to be mines. And they see the valuations, and they're getting ridiculous. So they're they're their trigger fingers are getting itchy. They're just waiting for that for that catalyst. Is it going to be the Fed? Is it going to be um, you know we've got a government shutdown on the horizon. Uh, that that might take place. We've got um, that uh, UAW auto workers thing. You know, this is the first time all three of them have have, have struck at the same time, and you know that's really going to hurt your community really bad because where you live, and that's not good for the economy. And I think we're going to find out Friday if it's going to go if it's going to go wide wider spread the, the 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 strike. So the gold price is sniffing all this out. You know, it's I think it's already built a floor at nineteen hundred. And it's trying to stay above 1950 years we're as we're talking um so you know at the end of this month it's going to be the quarter close if we get a quarterly close above 2000 whew, you know it doesn't take many people to notice that momentum traders to notice that to start getting it hey look this is the time to get into gold well dave thanks for your insight david's website is junior minor junkie with a y.com if you're not familiar with david's work go over there he has a free email list you can sign up for You'll get his commentary, general commentary on gold and the markets, and some junior mining commentary once a week, emailed uh, Friday night. So go sign up for that. And Dave, thank you for this update. Uh, I'm glad you're back safely from Beaver Creek and you're still recovering well um, health-wise. Listeners were concerned. Yes, yes, yes. I'm I'm pretty much there as far as health-wise. Just got to gain back the weight I lost after the surgery. <laughs> well, hey, for, for people our age, that's a good thing, right? If you have to gain weight, not lose weight. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll talk to you in about a month. All right. Always a pleasure, Bill. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.